So the question this morning is, do we believe in ghosts? And I suppose the more Christian way to say that is, do we believe in a disembodied human spirit? The disciples in this story from Luke uh, seem to have some kind of notion of ghosts. Um, they thought they were seeing a ghost. <clears throat> but an early caution here is the disciples at this point are still pretty unaware. Um, we might say that they are mistaken about a great many things. But still, they think they can see ghosts and that Jesus is a ghost, that, that there is this spirit of Jesus walking around or floating around after Jesus died, showing up in their kitchen on its way to the place of the dead. And for a lot of people in the ancient world, that was kind of a basic belief that they held, that um, there was some kind of spirit that inhabited a body and that when a person died, the spirit would linger for a handful of days and that on its way to the place of the dead. There's a story in Acts um, where Peter's in prison and this is just another example of this kind of early belief. <clears throat> uh, Peter is in prison. There's a miraculous escape from the prison. He walks out and then Peter goes to visit some of the disciples hanging out at Mary's house, one of the Marys. And it says this, this is in chapter 12. Um, when Peter knocked on the outer gate, a female servant named um, Rhoda went to answer. She was so overcome with joy when she recognized Peter's voice that she didn't open the gate. Instead, she ran back in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. Now, a question is, why in the world didn't she open the gate for Peter? It says because she was astonished. But what we actually think is going on is she's thinking that this is Peter's ghost or spirit. And so she doesn't need to open the gate. She's just going to go back and tell everybody that Peter's walking by. <clears throat> They say, you've lost your mind, they responded, because they thought he was probably dead or still locked up in prison. Um, she, uh, um, she stuck to her story with such determination that they began to say, well, maybe it's his guardian angel. Again, this idea of a spirit or something. Meanwhile, Peter remained outside, knocking at the gate, and they finally opened the gate and saw him there, and they were astonished. The end. So, um, Rhoda thought that she had seen a ghost, someone else that must have been kind of some kind of an angel. They thought Peter maybe was dead and that a spirit or something or a ghost was the only explanation. In today's passage, the disciples think they see a ghost. It says this, while they were saying these things about Jesus maybe being not dead, um, but not believing it, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And they were terrified and afraid. They thought they were seeing a ghost. Now a ghost, or a spirit floating away from the body, a ghost means that death has victory. The body is dead. A ghost is all that's left. That is death winning. A spirit floating away from a body means that death wins. The body is dead. This is death. But what Jesus says to them is, 
Why are you startled and why are doubts arising in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It's really me. Touch me and see. For a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones like you see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Because they were wondering and questioning in the midst of their happiness, he said to them, Do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of baked fish. Taking it, he ate it in front of them. So, do we believe in ghosts? Do we believe in spirits existing apart from the body? And I suppose we have to say maybe, because there's like people in the Bible who think these things, but people in the Bible are wrong a lot. So I'd probably say maybe not, probably not. Actually, I don't think that we do believe in ghosts or spirits that exist apart from a body. Um, that doesn't really matter because that's the wrong question. That's a question about death. In our imagination, in our culture, in the world we live in, when we think about life after death, we usually think about it as some kind of spiritual existence, that a spirit exists apart from the body, a spirit peeling off from the corpse and floating off into the clouds like we saw on Bugs Bunny cartoons growing up. Um, but that is the story of death winning. Spirits and ghosts mean that death wins. And that is not the Christian story. Our story, the Christian story, is the resurrection of the body. Jesus saying, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. In our picture of life after death, Jesus explicitly says it is not a ghost. It is not a spirit. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. Our story is that death actually loses because bodies cease to be dead. No ghosts, no disembodied spirits. There's a theologian who I really, really love. His name is Craig Keene. Uh, and he wrote an article about kind of spirits and bodies and things. And um, th this is just a little piece of it that's, I think, really, really helpful. He said, <clears throat> or he wrote, since about the fifth century, under Platonism's influence, so Platonism is a, the ideas of Plato, um, the body has often been sharply distinguished from the soul and the spirit. However, closer to the Old Testament and New Testament is the view that the body, soul, and spirit are different ways to regard the same complex whole. Thus, a soul may be bodily yearnings, especially for God. Spirit may be that part of the bodily life that most, direct, most directly invoked by the Holy, Holy Spirit. And body, what is enlivened by the Spirit and yearns for God. In other words, Craig Keene, and I think he's exactly right, argues that what humans are is just one thing. We are a body. And we can talk about this body as spirit and soul, different aspects of the same complicated one thing. And we see this in the resur resurrection of Jesus. Um, when Jesus 
life after death for Jesus is embodied. Um, so what? Yeah. Um, well, for one thing, I want us to get our story straight. Um, we as Christians, this is, this is, this is a really important part of our story. We don't believe simply in heaven when you die, but in the resurrection of the body. It's a deeper kind of hope. Now, certainly there's some kind of, I mean, this gets complicated. Theologians talk about the intermediate state, what happens between the point when somebody dies and the point at the resurrection of the body. Do we live in God? Is there some kind of weird spirity thing that exists? All of those things are totally up for grabs. The important part of our story is that we hope for, and we say it in the creed every week, either the resurrection of the body or the resurrection of the dead, depending on which creed we're um, confessing that week. It's not about going to heaven when you die. It is about a bodily resurrection, physical, earthly, stuffy, thisness. And that means that um, physical things matter. Uh, that's the other part I want to say. So part of it is to get our story straight. We don't talk about heaven when we die. We certainly will talk about being with the Lord when we die, but we have some kind of mystery attached to that. So, um, but the fullness of the story is the resurrection of the body. And that means that physical things matter. That's one of the main implications, that this world matters, that matter matters. And that means that clean water matters and fresh air matters and trees and birds and flowers. These things matter. Plant peach trees and eat grapefruit and sip coffee and enjoy the goodness of this world because those things do matter and there'll be some kind of continuation of that at the resurrection and that's all really good news. The mistake that so many Christians make is that this world is temporary and that spirit is all that matters. And that's Gnosticism, Patrick. Um, <clears throat> this world does matter. Stuff matters. And which means what we do now matters with the earth. I, I really have this feeling that the first couple million years after the resurrection is going to be a big cleanup project um, just to kind of set stuff straight. It's going to take a lot of work because we've screwed up so much of it. At any rate, um, physical stuff matters here and now, and that changes how we lived here and now, and that's really important. And then lastly, there's too much to say right now, and there's too many implications of this to even begin to think about, and I want it to haunt your brain what does this mean? Uh, and then how do we live that out? And that, that is going to be kind of a lifelong struggle and work that we work through. Um, but this is a key feature of the Christian story. Uh, one that we get wrong, influenced by Plato and Gnosticism far more than Jesus sometimes. And so we need to keep talking about it, keep thinking about it, keep telling our story um, so that we might live into the good news of the defeat of death, the resurrection of the body. And that really, really is good news. Lord Jesus, would you continually remind us of your story, of the good news of the true defeat of death, that life wins Really and truly and utterly it wins. 
a full and complete victory over death. Oh God, thank you. Help us to live into that hope. May it give us strength and perseverance. May it give us wisdom and caring for this earth, your good creation even now. And so much, so much more. Help us wrestle through what this might mean for us as we continue to try to live as your people in your world. Amen.